Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Jeff sent me a note about an article that I never would have seen otherwise from science.org. And the headline is Costly Invite? Scientists hit with massive bills after speaking at webinars. So the scientists were invited, would you like to speak at a seminar, but it's done over the internet, so a webinar. Would you like to speak at a webinar? You're a scientist. We're going to do a panel on which you'd be an expert. You can come in and speak. You want to do that? And I get invited to speak places. So, so it's not that unusual. Someone says, we'd like you to come in and speak. But at, at a seminar on a scientific topic, so a scientist goes, sure, I would do that. But now the researchers are fighting back against a mysterious conference organizer and an arbitration court that may not exist because they've all gotten bills. And it turns out that when they agreed to speak at the webinars, they may have also agreed to pay (laughs) for the privilege to do so and wouldn't have realized it unless they read the fine print of the lengthy contract they signed. So this is from science.org, Michelle. Catanzaro wrote this, but when one scientist received an email in July of 2020 inviting him to speak at an online debate about COVID-19 modeling, he didn't think twice. He said, I was interested in the topic and I agreed to participate. He's a medical doctor and a researcher at an institute. He said, I thought it was going to be an ordinary academic seminar. It was an easy decision for me. Three years later, he's sorry he did it. The Polish company behind the conference claims he owes them fees for taking part and is seeking payment through a Swedish court. After adding legal costs and interest, the company is now demanding that he pay them 80,000 euros, 80,000 euros for the honor of speaking at their conference. He is not alone. Dozens of researchers participated in the same series of online conferences on COVID-19 in 2020 and 2021 and many have now received demands for payment from the organizer. At least five are being pursued through courts in their own countries for fees of tens of thousands of euros, and several researchers are, of course, fighting back. But the case is peppered with puzzling circumstances. In court filings and interviews, the researchers say the demands are illegitimate and based on deceptive licensing agreements. Little is known about the individuals who organize the conferences, And many of the demands hinge on the supposed ruling of a Polish arbitration court whose existence has been questioned by experts in Poland. Now, science, that's science.org, has talked with 10 of the speakers, all of whom tell similar stories. In early 2020, somebody calling himself Mateo, whose email signature mentioned the University of Warsaw, invited them to speak at online webinars on mathematical and computational modeling of COVID-19. The University of Warsaw has no employee with that first and last name, according to the institution's press office. And there is no track record of scientific publication from that man. So his first name is Matteo. I didn't mention his last name. But many scholars were convinced to join when they saw online that This man had previously organized webinars on theoretical physics, computer science, and theoretical geography. Theoretical geography. (laughs) Serious scientists had joined those events, among them the 1999 Nobel laureate in physics, Gerard Tuft, 
And at this early stage of the pandemic, scientists were sitting in shock in their homes and welcomed the possibility of improving the situation with their research, says a physicist who spoke at one event. At least 11 of the COVID uh, webinars took place between April 20 and June 21, according to a list compiled by one of the speakers. A physicist at the Nordic Institute for Theoretical Physics is the one who created that list. The speakers, and there were about 10 per session, were the only audience. So they were all speaking to themselves. So somebody invited these guys to speak, put them in a webinar where they spoke to each other, and then sent them a bill for the privilege. Participants were told that recordings would be published open access afterwards, and yet science.org could not find them anywhere, which is interesting because it sounds like that would be a breach of the agreement then. But, but I don't know if it gets that far. All the scientists interviewed by Science say that the uh, initial messages never mentioned conference fees. When one speaker, a physicist at the University of Florence, directly asked whether the organizers would request a fee, the man replied, no, we are talking about science and COVID-19. But the sentence began with no, okay? <laughs> After the events, the speakers were approached by a conference secretary who asked them to sign and return a license agreement, and this was after the events. And the licensing agreement allegedly granted permission to publish the recordings. Most of the contracts that science.org has seen state that the researcher must pay the company 790 euros for webinar debate fees and open access publication required for the debate proceedings, plus 2,785 euros to cover editorial work. These fees are mentioned in a long clause in the last page of the contract and are written out in words rather than numbers without any highlighting. Many of the speakers who are already busy doing other things did not notice these clauses. The pandemic meant working 11 to 12 hours per day, says one speaker, a mathematician from Munich. The contract was unreadable, but I eventually sent it. Some researchers alleged in court filings and interviews that they were sent back altered copies of their signed contracts containing an additional page where the fees were made more explicit and modified clauses, one of them stating that disputes can be settled by a Polish arbitration court. Then several months after the events, some of the speakers received long letters signed by a person who claimed to be the CEO of the company. Some of the letters were in Polish, and the letters sometimes demanded payments and late fees. At least 32 scholars in six countries have received these letters, according to one person they spoke to. One researcher agreed to pay about 7,000 euros at the end of 2022, but many ignored the letters. Uh, although some heard nothing, others are facing new pressure, having received letters from a local court informing them that the company has asked for enforcement of a Polish arbitration decision that found in favor of the company. But the legitimacy of that court has been questioned. Uh, a director of the Court of Arbitration of the Polish Chamber of Commerce says she's never heard of the one that's actually mentioned in these stories. So the story goes quite on from there lengthily. <laughs> Can I make an adverb like that, lengthily? Um, so, yeah. But here's what happened. You get invited to speak at a seminar. You're an expert. You want to speak at a seminar? It's a webinar. You can do this from home via Zoom. You go, oh, it's a learned seminar on a topic of great importance. That'll be fun. 
I get to share what I know and I'll learn stuff from the other speakers and maybe other people can learn from all of us. You agree to this. You speak. After you speak, they send you the thing saying you got to sign this so that we can put this on the internet and all that permission stuff. And buried deep in there, in hard-to-find illegalese, is how much you owe them for the privilege. <laughs> but it also says that if there's a dispute, it gets settled in a court of arbitration in Poland. So there's two things going on here, one of which is how legal is it for them to send you this thing afterwards and say, uh, you agree to this? Now, of course, you could refuse to sign that if you read it, which these people should have, but they didn't. Um, however, there's another issue, and that is how enforceable is that um, if you spoke and they said, oh, you now owe us 3,000 euros for the privilege of having spoken, and we're going to post this thing on the Internet, which we never post. See, if they actually did create videos and spent money creating the videos and then posted the videos someplace, they can make the argument and go, yeah, yeah, you agreed to help us defray the costs of doing that. That, that, that almost makes sense. I've never heard of that before, but it almost makes sense. But the question is, when you say, oh, all our disputes be settled by this entity, if that's not a real entity, then you've obviously got problems. So if you go to buy a big-ticket item in America today, such as an RV, I'm going to use this as an example. There is a very, very large dealer of RVs that is based in Michigan. they got locations all over the state of Michigan and in other states, and they sell a lot of RVs. And I'm very familiar with their purchase agreements, even though I no longer handle RV cases. I do not handle RV cases anymore, but I'm familiar with this. And on their purchase agreements, on the back side, in big, bold letters, it says, you agree any disputes between you and us will be settled via binding arbitration in this venue. And they name the venue. And the venue is an arbitration entity here in the U.S. So if you want to sue the dealer... Over that transaction, you can't sue them. You have to go to arbitration in this venue chosen by them before you sign that agreement. If you don't like that idea, don't sign the agreement. Most people aren't thinking about lawsuits and arbitration when they're signing an agreement to buy an RV. That's just not their mindset. But the point is that the arbitration clause contains the forum, and the forum is a real one. And that is important. Now, it looks like one of two things could be going on here. It's possible there is a Polish arbitration entity that has been identified here that for some odd reason nobody else has ever heard of. But they could be, really. You never know. Or it could be that the people putting this on are in Poland, and all of the invites go out to people who are not in Poland. And you tell them that, oh, these will all be settled by an arbitration panel in Poland, knowing that none of these people are going to do much research or come to Poland to see what's going on. But also keep in mind, though, that if something gets arbitrated against you, you still have the right to participate. Just because it's arbitration doesn't mean that they get to pick all the rules. They get to pick the forum, and the forum picks the rules. But one of the rules is always going to be that you can participate. They won't let you participate. That's one of the things that would be considered unfair in an arbitration setting. So they claim we have a ruling against you from an entity in Poland. And so they come to Sweden, where you are, and they try to get that entered in a Swedish court. Now, I've not talked about this, although I almost talked about it the other day. But 
judgments from one country to another. So suppose somebody gets a judgment against you in Poland, but you're in Sweden. Can they enforce that judgment? There's a possibility they can. They probably have to go through a Swedish court and get a Swedish court to look at it and go, yeah, this looks like a valid judgment from Poland, and we'll honor that. I can tell you right now that many countries will not honor judgments from other countries, and sometimes they will not even, they don't care whether it's from a court or an arbitration. Now, in the case of the Polish Arbitration Award, I'd have to imagine that no court is going to look at that and go, okay, this is good if it's not entered in the Polish courts, because arbitrations by their very nature are almost always privately run. And so you would expect that an arbitration award to become enforceable would be brought to a local court, and the local court would say, yes, we find this enforceable, and turn that into a judgment. Because an arbitration entity generally cannot enter a judgment. Judgments are entered by courts. So if in America you read that arbitration agreement and then the rules of the arbitration, it'll say right in there that this arbitration entity has the ability to hear this dispute and render a ruling, and that ruling may be enforceable in court. So let's suppose that you actually bought that RV I was talking about earlier, and you were upset about something that the dealership did. You wanted to sue them, but an attorney says, you can't, you got to go through arbitration. So you contact the dealer, say, we're going to take you to arbitration. You file the arbitration stuff. You go through the whole process, and you win. You win. You get an arbitration award. Now let's suppose that the company that forced an arbitration goes, too bad, we're not paying it. You can take that arbitration award to a court. There's a process for doing that. And you say, they made us arbitrate. We got this award against them. They won't pay it. We want a judgment against them. We want the arbitration award turned into a judgment. And there's a process for doing that also. It never gets that far. Because generally speaking, the people who choose the arbitration forum know that that's a distinct possibility. But a possibility that is remote, because it's one of the reasons they choose these forums. However, getting back to this Polish arbitration, if there is no legitimate Polish arbitration that's overseen these, um, they're not going to be able to enforce them that easily. It's just a pain in the rear end. However, you might ask, what's a legitimate Polish arbitration? Well, among other things, you have the right to participate. So if they're going to take you to arbitration, they've got to notify you of that and say, you know, we're taking you to arbitration. Now, they might be taking you to arbitration in an extremely inconvenient forum, i.e. Poland, and you're not in Poland, but I can tell you right now that I've seen arbitration agreements in America where it'll say, regardless of where this controversy arises, you agree to arbitrate this case in Michigan. And that might be signed by somebody in Texas or Hawaii or Florida or Alaska or Maine. And you want to arbitrate? Yeah, come on over to Michigan and arbitrate it. Now, nowadays you might be able to do that via Zoom, but in the old days, that would actually be a, a very, very inconvenient forum, as they say. So this is a bizarre one, though. So you got to be careful. Someone invites you to speak at a conference and says, you're an expert. We want to hear your thoughts. And then afterwards, they send you a thing saying, hey, sign here so that we can release your uh, video to the public. Now, you might be asked to sign a release. That might be legitimate. But look for the numbers of how much they're going to charge you. <laughs> Because that's where it all falls apart. So, Jeff, thanks for sending it. Science.org reports. Michelle Catanzano wrote it. 
Costly invite. Scientists hit with massive bills after speaking at COVID-19 webinars. And they're being chased in their own countries now after supposedly losing arbitrations in Poland. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. You never really learn to swear until you learn to drive.